Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in Sydney in the 80s. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. But this season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes, and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family, from the Morehouse murders to haunted highways, This season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Last week, Dad and I had a look at the very strange case of a ship called the MV Joyeta. Now, the Joyeta was a bit of a passion project of an American film director back in the uh, 20s and 30s. His name was Roland West. And as you know from listening to last week's episode, during our research, we found out something very odd. West was actually a murder suspect. He was uh, suspected of the murder very briefly, uh, but we think kind of convincingly of his mistress, uh, an actress called Thelma Todd. Thelma Todd and Roland West were having an affair and uh, they became business partners. They lived close to each other. They had a very, very fiery relationship. West was apparently extremely possessive. And then something very, very strange and tragic happened in December 1935. And that is where we are going to kick off today's episode. Dad, this period of Hollywood, very, very strange, very juicy. And because of the lack of uh, technology, a lot of crimes sort of got lost in the wash. But Thelma Todd was a bit of a Hollywood icon. And there are lots of different explanations, possible explanations for how she died. But on the surface, let's just let's just go surface level. So it's December the 14th. It's 1935. And Thelma Todd was wearing about $20,000 worth of jewelry, a full mink coat, heels, gown, all this other stuff. She was last seen at a very, very big party at a place called the Trocadero Cafe. Now, two days after that, in the morning, her maid rocks up and finds her dead in the driver's seat of her convertible. It's parked in the garage of none other than Roland West. The ignition's on, she, her eyes were shut, her head was to one side, and she was 29 years old. Now, this is... I mean, how many years ago is this? It's, it's a long time. It's, it's, you know, we're approaching a century at this point. So the question is, who killed her? Did someone kill her? Was it carbon monoxide poisoning? Dad, first of all, it's very strange that we do an episode and then dive back in time because one of the people involved was potentially a suspect in a murder. But w- let's talk this through. This is a very odd story, isn't it? Mm, very odd. Have you actually seen the photograph of the 
police officer standing there and there is her lifeless body uh, leaning against the steering wheel. No, I've got a photo of her when she's very much alive and yeah, I think bombshell's fair, but hang on. So we don't often do this, listeners, but I'm literally going to look this up and see it because I've never seen... Look, Dad, first of all, when someone dies of carbon monoxide poisoning, I'm assuming it's a pretty... Is it a, is it a peaceful way to go? No, it's horrific. And that I find problematic, uh, Paul, because I've been to... I won't say countless, because uh, I guess if I tried to count them, I could, but I would say I've been to more than perhaps 30, should we say, generally suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in fact, I worked with a, uh, a station officer in the New South Wales Fire Brigades who, on the surface, things seemed to be sort of okay, and then he drove into the middle of a football field on the northern beaches and he connected a pipe up to his to the interior of his car and he 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 died by carbon monoxide poisoning mm-hmm. slight problem on that particular morning was uh, young children as young as 6 were getting ready to play football and of course they see a car in the middle of a soccer oval and they all run over to the car and what they're confronted with is something quite horrendous now that doesn't seem to be the case with this particular woman and i find that troublesome I'm looking at the photos now, Dad. Uh, she's wearing a full mink coat. She's in her car. It, I mean, feasibly, the story here is that she was getting ready to leave and, um, you know, she suffered accidental carbon monoxide poisoning. Is this a quick death? No, uh, Paul, Paul, it's, it's, it's a terrible, insidious death. And what happens is basically the body blows up and it's, it's horrific. Um, without going into all the morbid and sordid details, which you might say for a live show. It's a real but- trope of death by suicide in pop culture, in TV, film, whatever, mm-hmm. that somebody mm-hmm. goes into the garage, puts the, you know, blocks the um, exhaust pipe, and then... Mm. But- yes, and, and that amazing actor, one of my favourite actors, who was in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. who's now in a Santa Claus-type film... David Harbour, yes. He is in an amazing film mm-hmm. where he plays a bad police officer. Have you seen that one? No, and, is he? Oh, mate, it's 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 it's... It's A grade. And what they do is they put him is this into his... Uh, well, I'll just tell you that he becomes <laughs> the potential victim. They, they, they basically torture him by um, putting him in a car, the hose is connected. Right. So he's actually, you know, dying by carbon monoxide poisoning. And then every now and again, they wind the window down and sort of say, are you ready to talk? It's brilliant. Right. Okay. Let's get let's get back to Thelma Todd. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's an actress. She's got lots of, you know, apparently she had lots of boyfriends. She's a bit of a sex symbol. That's fine. In 1932, she meets up with a guy called Pasquale Di Ciccio. Uh, his nickname was Pat. Let's just call him Pat. So they meet um, in Los Angeles. Uh, he is apparently the son of a broccoli farmer from Long Island. Who isn't? And he was also a movie producer. And apparently he had mob ties, which would explain his strange uh, mm. nickname. Mm. Anyway... They have a very brief marriage, and uh, that's in 32. In 34, Thelma files for divorce, and this is a quote. She tells the judge that Pasquale was surly and unpleasant in the presence of guests, which apparently uh, in that day's parlance uh, implied he was abusive. That was a way of saying he was abusive without saying he was abusive. Mm. And uh, Thelma gets a divorce. Right away, I'm thinking, okay, potential broccoli farmer with potential mob ties, apparently abusive, uh, and that... You always go to the ex, right? Mm. I mean... That's a that's a potential uh, suspect in in any murder, um, and then she meets uh, lover boy Roland West, who was not direct- a potent 
particularly nice person by all accounts. Really? He was very domineering. Right. And people around them knew that he sort of a very controlling person. But the mm-hmm. sad thing is that our lovely uh, our victim, yeah. she had issues with her father. And it has been um, discussed and alleged that her father had abused her. So you think maybe she was drawn to... Um, yeah, just someone some... that was just not, not particularly nice. And um... Well, that's odd because she gets... So she's with... Um, she met Roland West on a film called Corsair, which is a 1931 film, which means she met him while she was still married to, uh, to, to Pasquale, the, um, the broccoli farmer. Mm. So Thelma meets him on the set. Uh, she's attracted to him, uh, but at this point, Roland is married to none other than Jewel Carmen. And Jewel Carmen is the woman for whom the MV Joyetta was named. Amazing. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So, Roland and Thelma strike up a bit of a thing, and they start having an affair. And uh, I'm looking at a photo of Roland West right now. I'm looking at a signed, I guess a signed headshot. I didn't know directors and producers could have a signed headshot. Anyway, they have this affair, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a secret, but I'm guessing at that in that era, gossip travels pretty fast. And Thelma gets a divorce from Pasquale, yeah? Mm-hmm. And at this point, she I think she realizes she needs to start up a bit of a business so she can actually kind of make money. She's a bit of a realist. And apparently at this point, she'd made over 100 films, but you can't make a living as an actress your entire life, especially in that era. So in 33, she opens a restaurant. And the plan was to have that fund her retirement. She's 29 at this point, so we're getting quite close to the date of her death. Um... The restaurant was called the Sidewalk Cafe. Now, the cafe, if we look at a map of the of the murder scene, Dad, can you see how close the uh, the cafe is to her house? Mm. Yes, I can. Have wow. you seen a photo? If you look yeah, at I'm a photo at of it, yeah. At the mm. front, it's literally called Thelma Todd's Cafe. The front of this place has her name on it, and behind it, just up the hill, is her house, mm. it, where she was found dead. Um the address for anyone who is uh, inexplicably in the area and is perhaps curious is 17575 Roosevelt Highway, uh, which is now the Pacific Coast Highway. So there's a, there's, a, there's a nightclub upstairs, there's a cafe downstairs, and there's an apartment upstairs in which um, she lived with Roland and his wife, mm. which is interesting. Now, she... Had he 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 makes a bit of a scene, right? That night, yeah. And he you says, mean the, "You mean the night of the, the night of the, yeah, okay, yeah." yeah. yeah and yeah. he he says to Thelma mm-hmm. that I want you home at two a.m. And he says it very aggressively in front of a lot of people. And Thelma says, "No, I'll be home at two o five a.m." That's very specific. Hmm. Were you sneezing then, Paul? Yeah, sorry, I had to sneeze. Okay, so she said that it, uh, sort of to be defiant, and it's sort of a sad thing to say. Like she's saying, I'll be five minutes later than you want me to be home. He goes home. She she was chauffeur-driven. Did you know that? Uh, yes, yes. You were, okay, so she's... And so what time did the chauffeur drive her back? It was um, around about 
And this was, so she was at this party. It was being um, held for, uh, you know, Ida Lupino? Um, Name rings old, a bell. old Hollywood starlet. Her um, father uh, father was Stanley Lupino. So the, the party's being held for them mm. at Club Trocadero, which is over in Hollywood on, you know, the iconic Sunset Boulevard. So she gets driven back at about 3.30... Um, and by then, interestingly, her, by her chauffeur, yeah. but the chauffeur yeah, has yeah. always, always, mm-hmm. 100% of previous occasions, escorted her to the front door. Right. And this is the first time that we know where she says to the chauffeur who says, look, I'm, I'd like to walk you as usual to your front door, which is a gentlemanly thing to do. Yep. And she says, No. And it's at that point that the chauffeur believes that she said that because she knew that when she arrived home, well and truly, a lot later than the husband had virtually demanded her, which is offensive. Right. Yeah. And oh no, cha- you mean you mean Roland West? So not the husband, uh, Roland. Sorry, West. Roland West. The- but I mean, it, look, it does have husbandy overtones. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I hear. Yep. yep but so. um, so she, it is believed that she was worried there'd be a, a scene and, and it would be uncomfortable mm-hmm. for this to, to take place in view of the chauffeur. So she basically was being kind of nice and, and sweet to the chauffeur so that he didn't have to um, experience the, the vitriol and hatred of her, her lover. Okay, so she goes up to the front door. Mm-hmm. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And he, because she doesn't have keys. Yeah. She's going to knock on the door right. and he locked her out. He, he 
would not allow her by, by way of the door and did not come to the door. One can assume lots of things at this juncture. One can assume that he was asleep, didn't her, hear her knock, although I find that problematic being that type of person. He would have sort of been enraged and just, I, I imagine he would have been inside the house fuming, steaming, sort of just absolutely in a sort of a, you know, a very, he was a violent person. And I believe he would have just been waiting. I don't think he could have slept waiting for her to come home. Mm. Now, it's a cold night. She, and she's well rugged up. She's got a beautiful coat. She's got the mink coat, yeah. yeah. Mink coat. She makes her way to the garage. And there, parked in the garage, is her car, Paul. Her Lincoln, yeah. And it's a V12 Lincoln. Now, it's a serious motor car. And it must have cost... I mean, she must have absolutely not been short of a quid. And she opens the car door. Now, this is interesting. And this is kind of... This is one of the really interesting, mysterious things about this case is that she... It's in, It's totally dark. There was a light switch in the garage. We have to assume she turned the light on. And then she's opened the car door, sat in the driver's seat. And this is when things sort of become a bit weird. She would have started the car if she had the intention of taking her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, what about... See, what happens is that in the morning, I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, they found that the light switch was off, okay? So it seems to me unlikely that you would make your way to a car. Have you ever tried to put a key into any sort of door or anything in, in total darkness? It's You, it's, can't, you can't fucking do it. You, you can't. can't. No. And it's even difficult if the light's sort of even slightly dull. Look, even if it's just a good day and things are going swimmingly, sometimes you just can't get that little key in the thing. It's just, it has to be absolutely, it's a little bit like putting the charger in the bottom of your phone. Impossible. It's just, it's just weird. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Okay. No. So then do we assume that she sets the car up, Mm -hmm. then goes over and flicks the switch off? Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. And also, the the theory is that she was actually, and this is kind of sad, so there are various theories, but one theory is that she was merely trying to stay warm. And that's plausible, Paul. Right, turn the engine over. and Turn just... the engine over, hit, hit the heating system. But if that's the case, surely she would go to... Because I'm looking at the position in which she was found. She's in the driver's seat. If you are trying to just stay warm... Surely you'd lie down in the back seat. Surely you'd, you know. Whereas it looked like she was, I don't know, at, I at don't, the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't completely buy that because when they got there in the morning, so um, Thelma Todd had a maid called May Whitehead, and every morning her job, as you know, was to get the car down to the front of the cafe mm. um, for the kind of for, for Thelma to use for the day, right? Mm, mm. So the the moment this crime kicks off, it's the next morning. It's a Monday morning, and uh, May Whitehead comes into the garage. And I think the assumption must have been, oh, she's fallen asleep. Um, and then she realizes Thelma's dead. So the engine wasn't running. No. Uh, the ignition was on. Uh, there was plenty of gas in the tank. 
And uh, the coroner initially went, all right, it's 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 carbon monoxide poisoning because, um, you know, the car was running, the garage was closed, right? Hmm. Um, and apparently Thelma was dead for at least 12 hours. But then later on, he changed that assessment saying she must have been dead all through Sunday. Um, but there's no, there's no bruises. No, Nothing. wait. No, there were bruises. No. It says here, there's no signs of violence at the scene, so nothing happened there apparently. But the examiner, and I quote, found bruises on her neck and there was blood on her face, either from her nose or lip. But I mean, if you passed out... No, the neck, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. First of all, Paul, Thelma was an avid car lover, okay? So she Mm -hmm. wouldn't... She just wouldn't keep the car running in a closed garage. I don't think anyone on this earth would do that if they're just trying to keep warm. Of course. Knowing the dangers. Yeah. And another thing too, Paul, is that her shoes were immaculate. She had it... It was described as an impeccable hairdo. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't look as though she'd been climbing the stairs, all 270 of them, in the wind, uneven ground. And interestingly enough, Paul, this is quite bizarre. And the police, you have to sort of tip your hat to the police of the time, is that a policewoman actually did an experiment, okay? Yeah. And what she did, she climbed the stairs wearing similar high heel to prove yep. um, that there should have been you know, dirt and marks and scratches on the shoes. And there was nothing. They were absolutely immaculate. So I guess then... God, that's interesting. It is interesting. And also, you know, is it not possible that she actually went inside the house? Here's why that's an interesting point. I'm glad you got to this. So he he locks her out, right? Hmm. But the whole keeping warm thing falls apart when you realize they actually found in her purse uh, the key to the apartment, the key to mm. her apartment. She could have gone inside at any point. Why wouldn't she do that? Mm. Uh, th- there's so much dodgy stuff around this story. And what's interesting is the almost, you know, we mentioned they were living together, almost the incestuous nature of this town. If you look at this map that we will post on Facebook, on our Facebook page, of the main street, uh, the highway, the Roosevelt Highway, um, now the Santa Monica Highway, I believe, um, you can see how close everything is. It is just, it's all there. If you were going to write a murder mystery, this is the way to do it, because everybody, every suspect is within walking distance of everybody else. Um, I, I mean, oh God, it's all, it's so strange. So let's go through the uh, the possibilities, right? Um, mm. the, the, the possible theories i guess in into so the first one is the um is the carbon monoxide now is it possible that she maybe uh died by suicide is it possible that she did this on purpose do you think i'd like to see the photographs of her of her body um you know and and be made aware of the uh the toxicology reports assuming they did them back in the 1930s in relation to carbon monoxide levels in her blood but does the photo that you've seen of her slumped over in the car give you anything to go on at all? So, Dad, what's interesting about all these theories, whether it's suicide or whatever, the most interesting one came from um, a production studio manager called Hal Roach. And uh, this happened about 50 years after Thelma died. Um, he's in his 90s at this point, I think. And he offered this version of events. Now, um, what what did Hal Roach say happened? And because I'm very curious as to 
what version of events could be given that long after the fact and do you find it convincing look three police officers come into the office uh-huh this is from this guy remembering it 50 years which is a long time but i don't yeah, think it ever sort of this is forget obviously that, yeah. you wouldn't forget it mm. and the story goes that the two of them had a relatively small fight okay then she okay. goes to the trocadero party okay and she is sick to death of him sort of saying when and where you can go, what time you've got to be home. And he was and obviously... He's ge- and he's presumably quite jealous because she's, you know, apparently a bit of a party girl and that's, you know, whatever. But apparently, yeah, he was... He, like we said, he was quite possessive, um, hmm. quite yeah. intense. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And then West had locked her out, okay, to teach her a lesson, which is, which is terrible. In fact, that's something that uh, Christine's stepmother used to do. Right. Uh, she used to lock her out if she was late and Christine had to spend the night in, in the laundry, which sounds sort of Dickensian and... Abusive, frankly. Shocking. Yeah. Um, but um, so then, as we said before, yep. uh, Thelma had told the driver not to walk her up the stairs for fear of, you know, there being a scene. Mm-hmm. And then, according to Roach, you know, West was... He was waiting for Thelma inside the apartment. They had another fight at the door and... He was. It was all about the parties, not wanting her to go to, to so many parties. She climbs the stairs to the garage, mm-hmm. and he followed her. This is the. This is. This is what the um what this producer is saying happened, right? Correct. That's okay, right. Okay. And by the time he reaches the garage, bearing mm-hmm. in mind the, the incredible number of steps, then, oh god, this is so fucking frightening. He sees that she's in the car, okay? Right. And then he locks the garage. He locks right. her in the garage and goes. That would explain the light. Yes, right. and then when he returns, she's deceased. So he realises in his anger that he's locked her in. Correct, you know, like, and he's basically and... caused her to be gassed. Yep. Okay, this is quite kind of plausible to me. Mm. I'm finding this this is kind of ringing true with the, particularly with the light switch okay mm-hmm. yeah. and they're not wanting to be implicated closes the garage doesn't lock it yep and he pretends that he had nothing to do with it right and i and think the coroner, and the coroner agrees with the, with the findings that it was an accidental death the coroner signs off on that which is interesting so he gets away with it but what's interesting dad is that he ne- his career never recovered so there was so much bad publicity around this that it basically he became known as the guy who was associated with because there were lots, lots of conspiracy theories and interestingly, the most prolific conspiracy theory is that he killed her on the yacht, the Joyita, and that he put the body back in the garage. Yes, I've heard that one. I don't and made believe. it and made it look like an accident. No, now, I don't believe that. You don't, no. no, no. Look, I'm not saying I do either. I think I think this. Um, I think the theory you just mentioned uh, delivered 50 years after the fact by the film producer is the most convincing. I think it is because it seems like the kind of something that somebody um, with a short fuse would do, mm-hmm. you know. It's kind of a, it's a very interesting case in that what a, oh God, it's so interesting in law, isn't it? To think that, it, imagine if you <clears throat> come across someone that is in a garage, for example, the car's running, mm-hmm. you decide... To lock them, not lock them. No, he didn't lock her. He just closed the door. Yeah. Now, is that a is that a chargeable offence? Well, if you believe in karma, Dad, interestingly, he ended up basically in seclusion and he had a nervous breakdown and a stroke and then he died years later. His career never recovered. 
What an interesting and absolutely tragic case. It's been so great uh, hanging out with you all and following this strange story down the rabbit hole. Uh, We've had a really great time talking to you. We'll be back later this week with Loose Units, Loose Ends, where we will be looking at a a new book by an incredible Australian author and historian. That's going to be really, really exciting, so make sure you tune in for that. In the meantime, have a great week, everybody, and we will see you soon for more Loose Units. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.